You are now listening to Sierra Unraveled, hosted by yours truly. I am a single mother who finally released myself from a toxic relationship with the help of God, of course, so I can pursue my wildest dreams. Tune in every week for some crazy stories, real life drama, and motivation to keep going. You got this. All right, so guys, I accidentally stumbled across Keisha's Instagram a few months ago and I was just flabbergasted by all the information she provides to women who have been abused. I know some things and I've definitely done my fair research. However, I always believe there's more to learn. Moreover, finding super relatable content that ignites my healing all over again is hard to come by. Keisha has a growing social media platform, a podcast, and is working on her psychology degree. Today I have Keisha on my show to talk about her experience with abuse. So welcome to Sierra Unraveled. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to getting into talking about narcissistic abuse. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about where you're from and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm from London in England. Um, I'm 27 and um, where do I start? Um, I was in an abusive relationship for three years and throughout most of that time, um, I didn't actually understand what was going on in my life. I didn't really grasp that I was in an abusive relationship and I Googled um, my ex's behavior and I came across narcissism and then my life just changed from there. I went on this journey to healing and started a psychology degree on the basis of that. And now I'm starting a life coaching business um, to help survivors of narcissistic abuse unlock their potential, you know, realize their self-worth and, you know, live their lives, you know, their best life after narcissistic abuse. So that is my goal now, just to spread awareness um, of narcissistic abuse and how to heal from it. How long did it take you to leave after you found out um, what that his traits were um, consistent with narcissistic abuse? Did you like confront him about it or you were just like, I'm gone? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't actually leave. He got rid of me. So I started um, researching his behavior maybe midway in, you know, into the three years. And, you know, I thought, this isn't right. I confronted him about it several times, called him a narcissist, sent him screenshots of, you know, what narcissistic abuse is, thinking that it would make a difference. And it never did. You know, he didn't actually care. It was just a case of, oh, you know, you're calling me a narcissist. Oh, well, um, you know, you're still here. So (laughs) what point are you making? You know, that kind of thing. So he discarded me in the end when I was really clued up on narcissism and was you know setting boundaries that didn't fit with him you know I wasn't that person that he could just walk all over anymore so I said to him that you know I was done with this relationship but I still wanted to be friends um because I wasn't ready to let go completely and then he just twisted the whole thing and started the discard moved on with someone else um and completely shut me out so I was kind of you know blindsided when he did that and you know, I didn't really know what to do with myself, but now looking back, it was the best thing he could have done for me because he forced me to heal from his abuse and, and move on with my life. So I'm, I'm actually grateful he did that. 
It's crazy because I've been in two abusive relationships and what you're saying, you weren't ready to move on yet. Like I literally told myself in both instances, I'd rather be a part of their life and be like treated like crap than them not be a part of my life at all. Yeah. And like, I can't believe I used to feel like that because now I'm like, girl, <laughs> it is so much better off without exactly. them. Exactly. <laughs> I was scared as well of, of not having him in my life. The, the thought of being alone was just so scary um you know i felt like i needed him because everything was you know revolved around him at that point you know he made everything in my life about him so you know i was prepared to keep him regardless of you know of the impact but no it's it's not worth it at all it's really not worth it attaching your worth to someone who's committed to destroying you it's not worth it at all i'm so much happier now he's out my life you know i'm single i'm happily single working on myself and you know, I couldn't be better if I'm honest with you. It's a good place to be, honestly. Do you think that you would be where you are today if you didn't decide to leave your relationship? Where were you headed before, do you think? Yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't. That relationship changed me, I would say, for the better. There are, you know, of course, negative aspects of it, you know, for example, PTSD and things like that. But it woke me up to who I actually am at my core. And it made me realize things about my life growing up, you know, my relationship with my mom, why I am the way I am. You know, I was able to identify that I have an anxious attachment style, that I'm codependent, you know, all of these things I've never heard of before until I came out of the relationship and started, you know, buying these books, reading up, you know, how to heal from abuse and and things like that. And it's only then I could start making changes in my life to prevent situations like that in the future, you know, and stop, you know, seeking validation from other people, you know, and relying on my own judgment about my worth. So it, it really has changed me, you know, narcissistic abuse is just the tip of the iceberg. There's actually so many layers below, you know, that need to be addressed as to, you know, why you kind of, why you went to the narcissist why you stayed with the narcissist what it what it was that you you know you were looking for in them that you were failing to give yourself so when you come out you know of the other side you just have all of these realizations and it's it's overwhelming but it's it's honestly i feel like you know a weight's been lifted off my shoulders because i finally understand me which i didn't before you know what uh specific things or how have you been able to overcome obstacles in your life that you have this new strength from within? Like, it takes a lot of courage and guts to go out and start doing, like, the work that you and I are doing. Yep. You're taking it to a whole nother level. This is just, like, my pastime, so I stay out of bad relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's difficult, you know. I have, you know, moments where I, I feel like I've kind of taken a step back, but I guess that's just life, you know about 80 to 90 percent of the time I feel strong you know I feel like I've got all of this knowledge and I know how to use it and how to you know go about my day-to-day relationships with people you know now I'm more reflective when I handle situations because I'm aware of my anxious attachment style you know I tend not to just act out of that unknowingly you know I can now reflect on my responses um don't get me wrong you know I have my bad days we're human you know we're we're all you know not perfect but now I'm better at setting boundaries I'm better at asserting myself you know just recognizing my worth and not tolerating situations I would have tolerated before um I mean for example you know I've had a really bad on and off relationship with my mom since I was young and 
when I was younger, I could never really articulate what the issue was. I just felt there was a barrier. And it's only when I started reading up on attachment theory, it just all made sense. Um, so I don't speak to my mom anymore. Um, and I'm happy with that decision. You know, I feel so much happier in my life because I'm not, you know, continuously anxious, worrying about her judgment of me, you know, um, because my low self-worth started from her. So it's just things like that, um, just protecting my own peace and doing things that make me happy rather than trying to appease other people all the time, you know, to the detriment of my own mental well-being. Yeah, I feel like specifically in Western culture over here in these states, like we are very big on like having a good relationship with your parents. And sometimes that's not always what's best for you. Sometimes you have to take a step back and kind of reevaluate. But I think it's really awesome that just with your daily encounters, you are taking a step back and kind of like looking at yourself, like what is this something that has to do with me or something to do with them? And that's really hard for a lot of people. But I think for people who are determined to like self self growth and personal healing, like that is so important. It's like a really big milestone for you to like turn that page and like start looking deeper, you know? at your history and stuff like that too. Definitely, it's the ability to self-reflect. It's hard, you know, healing is hard, which is why a lot of people don't do it. You know, taking accountability for certain things, you know, not overreacting to certain situations. You know, it is difficult, but it is a necessary, it's something that is necessary in order to grow and heal, um, you know, from abuse. I've had to take accountability for things that I didn't necessarily want to take accountability for because I felt that, you know, I should blame other people. For example, you know, my low self-worth, I would, you know, blame my mum for that. But at the end of the day, I have to take responsibility and accountability for healing moving forward. So instead of blaming her, it's a case of, okay, I feel this is how I feel. What do I now do about it? Um, You know, how do I overcome this low self-worth? in order to better my life and, you know, the life of people around me who care about me. So it is difficult, but when you, when you get past that hurdle, it's, it's just so worth it. You're just, your life just feels so much better. Your relationships are smoother and yeah, it's just, it's, it's a necessary thing to do. I guess I'm on the flip side um, of the relationship ending with my narcissistic ex. It's still weird for me to like classify him as that because in my head, he's also the father of my child. So I like, try to not give him that you know title but it happens so i'm curious like they your ex did you a favor by cutting you off what do you what would you do in my situation like i'm forced to have a relationship with this person i mean it's very limited now i've put in very harsh boundaries um just to make sure but like someone who's consistent or in the beginning when we first separated he was consistently trying to get back get us back together it made it a lot more difficult for me to like actually step away. Yeah. So in a situation where you can't just get rid of the narcissist, for example, if you have a child or maybe if it's a family member, you can't, you know, get rid of them. Um, you know, there's the great rock method, which I'm sure you've heard of, which is basically to make yourself as uninteresting and boring as possible when you're communicating because the narcissist thrives off your responses, whether they're good or bad. If they see there's some form of emotion coming out of you, they absolutely love it because it feels, you know, to them that they have power over you and your emotions. So, you know, obviously you have to communicate with him regularly, but 
it's a case of keeping your responses very blunt, very short to the topic. Don't deviate from that. Um, and, you know, just don't give them anything. Don't give them anything to, to say that there's a way in, you know, don't show them any emotion. Just keep it bland, you know, literally. <laughs> so you just don't want any emotion behind your words. And eventually they will get tired because the narcissist needs, their supply has to be something that's given them um you know, they have to thrive off something. They can't thrive off boring communication. <laughs> it, you know, it's, there's only so long they can keep attempting to get something out of you before they think, okay, this is boring now, next. Move on to the next person. So you just have to keep at that, be strong. Um, you really have to be firm with those boundaries um, and, and not let your guard down. That's, that's the only way you can deal with a narcissist, honestly, because... Yeah, as I say, if they see that the door's slightly ajar, they, they will come through that door. Yeah, and I think that's, I've mastered it at this point. I've gotten really good yeah. working with lawyers and support groups on how to handle the situation. And now it's like, once he really realized that I was completely done, that's when the new person kind of shifted mm. into the picture. And I just like, I don't know what else to do with her. I mean, our communication is cordial and I feel really sorry for her. I Maybe he's changed, maybe he hasn't, but who knows what they're going yeah. through. Um, so do you ever feel sympathy for the woman that, um, cause I, I think I've saw, like followed your story a little bit. So the person, or he left, you guys separated and then he moved on and he's with another woman now. And I believe they had a child together. Is that yeah, correct? That's correct. Um, and I did speak to her because he set, set us up to speak on Snapchat. I won't get into the details because it's a bit confusing, but, um, so I reached out to her because he, he pretended to be someone else and gave me her details. Um, so I wanted to warn her, which is what most survivors of abuse want to do um, when they hear about the next person. Um, at first, she was really nice and, and listened to my story. And then she kind of, you know, turned on me because he was feeding her information, saying that I'm bitter, I'm jealous, that he's moved on. You know, she was actually telling me he's saying that. And that, you know, changed her view of me. So at the time, I was just really hurt. Um, I didn't have any sympathy for her once, you know, when she was, you know, being rude to me and stuff like that. But, you know, that was a few years ago now. When I now look back, of course I feel sorry for her because I was once in her position, you know, when he was feeding me negative information about his exes, you know, it made me look at them in a certain way. So she's just, you know, another victim, you know, to, to his abuse. So who knows where she's at now? She could be, you know, in a situation, it's, it's maybe two, three years later. Um, she could be in the same situation I was in three years into the relationship. Um, you know, so yeah, I do have um, empathy for her because he's not a good person and I don't believe he's going to change whatsoever. You know, it's his behavior is just, it's not, it's going nowhere. You know, he's got a negative history of other people. I spoke to his other um, exes. He's, he's just toxic as hell, basically. Um, so yeah, I do feel sorry for anyone who comes into contact with him again. He's dangerous. <laughs> that takes a lot of uh, guts to reach out to to her and the access too. I mean, I don't know if you initiated those as well, but like I've done it only once yep. and it was only because I thought they were not on good terms and I never heard back from her. But I also like my, from what I see with both of them, I was already, I've already been there where they are yep. and there's, there's no, there's no light inside of them. And I think that's something that we don't, 
we're really blessed. Like we came out on the flip side of it. Like you are always glowing. You're always sharing knowledge. Like we are so happy now. But a lot of women, when they're in those situations, they're just like broken, you know, and they're just like hanging on for dear life, but they also don't know what to do. So when you first left, what did you do to try and cope with the loss? If you remember, I know it's been a few years now, but trust me, I remember everything, you know, in relation <laughs> to this situation because it's had such, you know, a prominent effect on my life. It, it's firmly in my memory. Um, yes, I was very depressed actually at the time of being discarded, and I remember thinking, my life is over. I don't know what to do from here. But I remember the first thing I did was um, I bought a book called Psychopath Free and I read it and that was kind of like the light bulb moment for me because I obviously knew about narcissistic abuse by then Um, but I would say I didn't know enough because when I read this book it kind of put into perspective that this situation with my ex is is above and beyond me because it was like reading my story and it made me realize there's so many other people affected by this at this point I wasn't um, aware of the um, Instagram accounts you know similar to mine, you know, about narcissistic abuse. I wasn't aware how big of an issue it was. I, you know, felt quite alone with that situation. So when I read that, I thought, hold on, you know, this situation has got nothing to do with me in the sense of his actions speak nothing of me. This is his problem. You know, he's he's deciding to go out and abuse. And from then, I started my Instagram account a few months later just to connect with other survivors and, you know, just share my knowledge. And then it kind of just like went off from there. Um, A lot of people resonated with my content, um, which I was shocked about. And yeah, it's my Instagram has been a massive part of my healing. You know, when I write my content, I'm writing it for myself as well as for other people, because I need to be reminded, you know, of things daily, my worth, you know, about abuse and, and, and everything. So, yeah, it's. Honestly, I couldn't have expected my life to, to go this way, you know, with taking a psychology degree, starting a life coaching course and everything. But I honestly believe Mike's experiences happened for a reason. Um, I always wanted to do something helping people. I just didn't know what. And it took for this to happen to realize, OK, this is what I want to help people with, because, you know, there's so many people in these situations and they don't know what it is. They don't identify it as abuse. They feel that something's wrong but they don't know what to call it. And if you don't know what to call it, how do you know what to do with with the situation? So, you know, I think it's so important to, to raise awareness of narcissistic abuse. So if we were not raising awareness or there are women out here listening, our audience who are not like uh, diving deep into their self-healing, do you think it's common for us to repeat the cycle with abusers? Absolutely. There are many people who, you know, end up in a relationship with narcissist after narcissist. And the reason why is because they haven't done the healing, um, you know, after the previous narcissist. And in order to, you know, not end up in an abusive relationship, one, you need to recognize what an abusive relationship is, what the narcissist is. And you also need to recognize your self-worth. So for me, for example, now, you know, if I'm to to start dating again, I'm looking out for the red flags immediately, you know, in terms of, you know, the narcissist, because there are many red flags, for example, moving very quickly in the relationship, um, you know, saying they love you very early on, prioritizing you so much, even if they've just met you, you know, they, they just move very quickly. They basically, you know, pretend to be everything you're after and then starts the 
devaluing you know your character and and all of that um so there's certain things to look out for um and you have to be strong with your boundaries you know because they will test your boundaries they will test the waters to see what it is they can get away with and if they see they can get away with something they will try something even worse the next time and then it, that's why the abuse just escalates each time you know they're testing it each time to see oh okay she let me do that so let me try this you know next time um so it's so important to recognize the signs and also recognize your worth you know it, it's both of those things come into play um you know moving forward just you know i i can say to myself now i will not end up in an abusive relationship again simply because i take time to understand what the signs are and take time to understand what i need to do what part i play you know because we can't go through life you know thinking oh you know all this all these things always happen to me you know negative things always happen to me we have to think about okay so what are we going to do about it we can't you know things are within our control um and it's within our control to learn about narcissistic abuse and you know how to to avoid the narcissist effectively you know before they even you know come into our lives so since you're just thriving now has he reached out to you and tried to rekindle you guys relationship in fear of um him being exposed i guess <laughs> um no he hasn't actually um quite a lot of people have asked me that no um so after he discarded me um i hate about... that you keep using that term oh why <laughs> i don't i just don't think it has such a negative connotation in um the states that like i don't know discarded i just you're I, I mean when i think of discarded i just think of like thrown out and i don't think of you being thrown out i feel like i see you as being elevated so like yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, dis <laughs> whenever I hear the word discard now, I always think of narcissistic abuse just, yeah, because, you know, you hear it quite frequently. It's yeah. kind of like just throwing out the trash. Um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely not trash and I definitely haven't been thrown out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, I even forgot what I was, what I was going to say. Oh, we were talking say. about, um, has he tried to rekindle the relationship oh, yeah. in fear? Yeah. Yeah, so no, he hasn't reached out to me. So after, um, you know, that, that relationship ended, I won't use um, Discord. <laughs> um, I, about five months after, I did a post on Facebook. So at this point, I still had um, his family and stuff and mutual friends on my Facebook. And I basically just outlined what I've been through and I put his full name um, on my page. And after that, he just it was just silent he um, deleted his social media accounts um, he kind of just disappeared um have not seen him since have not heard from him since at all i mean i changed my number i know he changed his number anyway um but yeah i've heard nothing at all um which is good for me personally you know i don't want to hear from him you know but in some ways it's surprising because the narcissist always tries to come back but i think it's because I exposed him on such a big scale, you know, to people. I, obviously, on my actual um, Instagram, I don't ever, you know, post his name or post um, his photo or anything like that because that's not what, what my Instagram is about. That was just on my personal Facebook. I did that. Um, and I felt liberated doing it, actually. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he's worried about that because, well, he, he knew me very well. I wouldn't do that on a public platform. It doesn't make sense, you know. Yeah, and I'm, you know, past that stage of wanting revenge because initially, of course, many of us do want revenge in the sense of 
wanting the person to feel the hurt they put you through but i'm way past that now it's it's about my healing journey and helping other people on on their journey so um who knows maybe he'll pop up one day but i couldn't care less he he doesn't phase me anymore yeah ah that's so beautiful you're badass for just posting that on your personal page i feel like it would be more difficult it i haven't said anything on like my personal facebook i mean like i have my podcast now and i talk about it never named him by name once um i'm probably pretty sure most of his family still thinks we're still together like they don't even know (laughs) which is really sad but at the same time like it's not my goal to expose him my goal is to Mm. help other women and i think that after dating someone who who was a narcissist you know like the focus is about them so like initially when he found out about my podcast he was livid and he was like you need to stop talking about me i'm like listen this isn't about you this is about me and my healing journey like you are just a part of that you came along but there is a lot of other stuff that i have to i have had to deal with since we split up and this just happened to be the tipping of the iceberg um so it's been very interesting for sure i'm not sure what's going to happen for the future but you know like we do it for other people and i feel like not sharing like a lot of people have reached out to me and they're like i would never have thought you would have been in that kind of relationship like you're always so bright and cheery and happy and you're gorgeous and i'm like literally guys like we you, those are the ones who have usually gone through the freaking trenches trying to make exactly. our way out a hundred percent and you know narcissistic abuse can happen to anyone because a lot of people think you know that would never happen to me you know i guess we all kind of think that because you, you know you don't really expect negative things to happen to you really but um it can happen to anyone and the narcissist will target people specifically who think it, it won't happen to them because you really won't see it coming um you know, you, you really will underestimate the, the lengths and the, the depths that the narcissist will go to to um, tarnish your character, um, to basically ruin any happiness, you know, you have in your life. So it's so important for every person in society to be aware of the narcissist because they are lurking around, you know, in society and they're, they're waiting to pounce. <laughs> Let's just say that they really are. Um, so it's important to protect yourself from the narcissist and even just toxic people in general. You know, it's important to be able to set um, your boundaries and, and stick with them for your own peace. So how do you think that, I mean, we're already kind of doing it, you more so than I am, because I just do it when I have the free time and I'm also chasing a toddler around most of the time. But yeah. <laughs> what, what do we do to keep women away from these kinds of partners? I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, just like the book that you mentioned um, free from psychopath, I think it was. I'll put it in yeah, my show psycho- notes. Yeah, psychopath free by Jackson McKenzie. Okay, That's yeah, one that one. Books. But the main thing, and I think from my whole show experience this past season, is just like every woman that I've talked to, the number one thing is becoming educated and just kind yeah. of like looking for these signs or just getting involved with other women who have gone through it. Because nine times out of ten, you don't you think you're alone. Uh, and and they've and they've made you think that as well yeah definitely education is is the most important thing um like i say there's so many books out there i could give you a list after this i've got so many books about you know being content on your own um understanding you know your experiences if you've been through narcissistic abuse and and how to deal with that you know ptsd and, and things like that understanding you know, your nervous system and and why you react to certain things, you know, because the narcissist will play on your nervous system, you know, they will do things to intentionally make you anxious, 
um, make you worried, bring out your attachment style. So as long as you are aware, it's all about being aware of yourself to the point that no one else can really disturb you. When you're so content in yourself, you know, someone else's ridiculous actions, they just don't bother you anymore because you're just like, okay, whatever, you're weird. You know, <laughs> <laughs> let me just do what I'm doing over here. So yeah, recognizing your self-worth is key um, to avoiding the narcissist, recognizing the signs of abuse and then knowing when to kind of like step back. With narcissistic abuse, it's, you know, a pattern of behavior. So you have to kind of observe, you know, is this, is this a pattern of behavior? Is the person bringing me up, then bringing me down and they turning from the most amazing person to the most awful person? You know, that kind of behavior isn't normal. Obviously we all have ups and downs, but narcissists take everything to the extreme. If you're getting to the point of Googling their behavior, that is the biggest red flag you will, will find. So many of us have Googled someone's behavior. I mean, if someone is normal and you're in a healthy relationship, there is no way you'll have to Google their behavior. You just have a conversation to say, you know, when you do this, I feel like, you know, whatever. Um, you wouldn't have to find out if, you know, on Google, why are they doing this to me? That's not normal. So yeah, it's really just about becoming grounded, understanding who you are, understanding who other people potentially may be, and what you can do in response to other people's behavior that may negatively affect you. You're literally your gold, like, <laughs> goddess material, okay? Where do you see yourself headed within the next few years? I know a lot of people hate, hate this question, but for someone who is like, you know, feels has found something that really fulfills them and brings them joy you know um the question is like amazing <laughs> yeah no definitely i've been doing a lot of planning for my future so um my life coaching course i'm sorry not my life coaching course my life coaching business sorry i'm hoping to start um next month um you know i've been doing a lot of background work that's why i've been a bit quiet on my instagram um i really want to just kick that off and you know help survivors of abuse as as much as possible i want to start a youtube channel as well um i've got my camera ready for when i when i want to start that and just really speak about narcissistic abuse you know i really want the world to open its eyes to what is going on you know and for people to take this kind of abuse seriously because it's so subtle um you know, some people don't actually understand it. You know, the famous question, why didn't you leave? It, you know, that is a question I hear so often. I want people to understand why we don't leave. Um, you know, what makes us stay with the narcissist? Yeah, and I just want to show the world that there's life after abuse because a lot of people, including myself, had no, you know, have no hope when you're in these situations. You just think, okay, this is the end of my life. Nothing good can come you know, after this, and it's not the case, I, you know, I want to be the person that I needed when I was in an abusive relationship, and I didn't have, you know, I just, yeah, I want to help empower people, that's literally my, my mission moving forward, um, I'm very passionate about this topic, and yeah, I just want the world to wake up to um, narcissistic abuse before it happens to them, because a lot of people are not necessarily concerned until it happens to them, which is the same for me, you know, I, it wasn't really something I thought about that much until I went through it, but that's too late. We need to be worried before it gets to that stage, you know. We need to shut down the narcissist, honestly, because they, they're going to they're gonna be around and I don't really believe you can change their behavior because they lack, lack that insight and they don't really want to change. So we have to change how we respond to them. So by cutting off their supply, um, that's the only way we can really shut them down from, you know, hurting other people. 
they, I guess then they can just turn to each other and hurt each other, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And as more of us continue to speak up and kind of stick together and, you know, chase this goal of ours, I mean, there's going to be way less fish in the sea and they're going to eventually, yeah. it'll be hard. And it might take a few generations to kind of knock it out a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who's, to exactly. we, who's to say we can't do it, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Well, thank you so much, Keisha. I appreciate you taking some time to talk with me today. Um, I don't know if you followed my podcast or my any of my story, which is totally fine, but I definitely relate to a lot of everything you've gone through and uh, like your content. I like, I'm one of those crazy people that I'm like never on Instagram, but then like when I find a page that I love so much, I'm like sharing all the time and like blowing up their notifications. I'm like, I'm really not crazy. I just like, I am you, you are me. Like we need yeah. to be friends. <laughs> definitely. Um, and it's just, it's really hard, difficult to kind of share this kind of stuff, which we've already kind of talked about earlier. But at the same time, like my goal too is just to help, is if I can just help one person, that's good enough for me. And exactly. yeah, you're amazing. And I'm really glad that we crossed paths. I hope that we stay in touch and everything that comes forward, your coaching, um, when you get your links, send them my way so I can drop them. As for my listeners, if you're looking for advice, um, information about abusers traits how to heal all that stuff um, I'll drop her Instagram in my show notes so you can check out her page and her podcast um, you will not be disappointed and per usual stop letting them unravel you because only you can unravel yourself until next time cheers